Hey guys. Hey. hey I beat there. you to it, Nick. You tried. I waited. I waited. I actually took a deep breath in and then See sat how back. good that feels? Oh, bird clock. Hey, Thank bird you. clock first. I noticed you didn't set bird clock back an hour for daylight savings time, did you? Because that's actually wow. the daylight, that's actually the bird clock that we should be getting an hour from now. Wow, good job, Jay. I have not been giving bird clock the, the attention shows. the attention that it deserves. I sincerely apologize, bird clock. You're right. Hey, it funny. is I 11 just, p.m. <laughs> I just feel sorry for all the clients that, that you work with, Nick. That uh, you know you've probably been showing up an hour late to all of your meetings. It explains yeah. why a lot of our meetings have been cut short recently. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> and meanwhile, bird clock is trying to tell you. He's like, <laughs> that's right. You turn, you know. <laughs> who the hell is going to change me? Who, who, who will wind who, me back? Who, who, who will right, make me relevant that's again? That's entirely enough for, like, coverage for Bird Clock tonight. Yeah, right? that's true. That's true. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, man. Apparently, he a needs stuff. a bigger microphone. If we could just hmm. get a boundary <laughs> microphone set up right next to, to Bird Clock, and we could get a separate I think an feed. episode where I'm, I can't make it, but Bird Clock's in my seat would be <laughs> perfect. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, his commentary would be about as useful as yours on most weekends there, Nick. That was the joke. Yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. So good. How you doing, Greg? <laughs> I'm doing I'm doing. Yeah? You know? Doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh just got back into town from another run of shows, Ooh. believe it or not. Okay. In All Austin right. and Oklahoma. I mean, uh, Texas and Oklahoma, mm-hmm. uh, Austin, Texas, Dallas, Texas, and Tulsa, how's, Oklahoma. How's Oklahoma doing these days? I don't hear Dude, enough people asking. Uh, let me tell you, man. I played a venue in Oklahoma called Kane's Ballroom. Okay, and it's called. It's in Tulsa. Mm-hmm. I didn't know much about it going in. It's an eighteen hundred person venue that was like doing the social distancing, so the max was going to be like three hundred. Okay, um, so pretty spread out, and. I don't think normally they would have had us because they usually get much, much bigger acts. And I did not realize this about this venue, but th- they've been around since like 1921 and like everyone has played there. Wow. And I mean, I could not believe oh, it. Oh, cool. I- I'll send you some photos. They have, they cut out a part of the green room wall that Sid Vicious punched a hole in. <laughs> oh, have, wow. You know That's what I mean? Like, yeah, it's really, it's like a historic building. Yeah. Um, like everyone, like all the country guys, you can imagine, of course, played yeah. there, all of them, yeah. all of them. And then they were like, they were like, yeah, Van Halen played here for five hundred bucks. Rush played there. Oh man, Nine wow. Inch Nails. Johnny you know, like, Rotten everyone. took his in the corner over there. Yeah, probably. Oh, There's a picture of him on the stage, and <laughs> which is uh, still there, also. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> still there, still there. I couldn't even. I didn't have enough time to take all the different photos because. In, in the venue itself proper, like in the hallway, you had like, you know, oh, Beck played here, raconteurs, oh, cool, Damn. you know, like that, mm-hmm. Wilco, mm-hmm. nice, you know, it's like 1800 person venue, you know, so it's like, it's, it's kind of like a 930 club in the middle, but that's been there since the 20s. Very super um, cool. So that was really worth, I mean, I just didn't expect it, you know, um, but it, it definitely was fun um, to be there and uh, they actually loved it. Again, you wouldn't think it, but actually Tulsa, Oklahoma, I'd been hearing for a little while is because I was in Austin two days before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Austin, man, you know, I know people are excited about Texas and you have a lot of Californians leaving to go to Texas, especially Austin. Mm-hmm. Um, but Austin's changed in the last couple of years, in my opinion. You know, oh, yeah? it's definitely, yeah, it's much like LA is getting like really seriously bad with the homeless mm-hmm. crisis. Uh, 
like just no one's doing anything about it. Mm-hmm. It just gets worse and worse. I've been going to Austin like every six months now for several years, wow. mm-hmm. if not more than that, you know? And every time you just notice. It's more noticeable and. More yeah. noticeable. And now it's like, a, there's like a massive encampment right in the middle of, the, of everything, you know? And um, I just don't see, I'm not trying, I'm not trying to, sh- say anything bad about Austin, but it's just, you know, it's just what I've noticed. Um, it's yeah, still a yeah. great town, obviously, but I was definitely surprised. So anyway, the point is that I've been hearing that a place like Tulsa is becoming more appealing to people hmm. and that some people are starting to move out there and there's like a scene developing. This was pre-COVID, so I don't know if that's still happening. All right. I think it's, it's you know, Austin's just, it's got a lot of great things, but there's some flaws, you know, the traffic is awful. Some, some growing pains, you know? maybe. Yeah, but it's also like it's been a it's been a known thing for a while. It just doesn't have the infrastructure to right. deal with all, all yeah. these people. The you know, LA of, is massive. Yeah. You know, and even that's having still having its own problems, of course. But then right. Austin's just not that big, right? You know, so but a lot I've of there, a lot of people. I've never been there. out there. I've never been out there. That's uh, definitely on yeah. You love it. I mean, to-do list. yeah. But there's other cities like around Austin now that are starting to be. Like cool little hipster spots, right. you know. Austin, it's all, it's expen- Austin's just getting expensive too, you know. So it's right. like kind of defeats the purpose. Um, but anyway, damn liberals Martha, have been living there Martha, for too long, you. setting up too many camps, man. Now the homeless are there. <laughs> well, it's just definitely like <laughs> it's political yeah, okay. commentary hour. Yeah, I mean, right. you should check it out. Yeah, thanks for that, Jay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> anytime. Um, no, but it does beg the question. It, it does beg the question like what do you do now you know because like you some at some point somebody's gonna have to force these people somewhere else you know otherwise literally in la i've been hearing people like that are tapping into like the the water system like they're you know like people are like building tent cities and getting water from the city wow wow and like power from the city it's very resourceful it is but it's also, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, we can laugh about it, but it's no, also no, kind of just like, it's like a serious, instinct. serious problem. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, it's just, uh, they spent like $600 million in LA on it like two years ago and it went up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So there's my political commentary. Well, fair enough. Well, no, I mean, if, if you're, if you're, yeah, if you're seen as a welcoming city, I think to some. Yeah. It's like the place you go, if, yeah. if you know what I mean. And I, that that seems like the that's the case with a lot of uh, a lot of areas in California that have had this issue. Is uh, yeah, well, well just, gen- gentlemen, gentlemen, what if, if what I could uh, just have we started the show yet? I don't think that we're going to solve any of the world's homeless issues on this particular pod on this particular episode of this particular podcast. I had it penciled in for before but if we the could intro. like table okay. that for maybe a future episode. I'm down for right. talking about it. All right. <laughs> but let's at least start the show and see where things go. All right? Fine. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. Here we go. Should check it Yes, sir. That's right. It's You Should Check It Out. It is episode 68. That's 068 for those of you keeping track <laughs> at home. It's, uh, let's see. I was going to say the date, but I can't pull that off, off the top it's of November my head. 19th. It's uh, November 19th. It's yeah. November 19th. It's November 19th, 2020, and, and my name is Jay. And I'm Nick. And I'm Greg. Ooh. And welcome to everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for telling a friend, because I know you all do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got an 
action-packed show for you today. We got a lot of new stuff to catch up on, believe it or not, guys. It was a big news week, at least for music stuff that I'm interested in. But uh, I don't know. Greg, you're up first, buddy. So what do you got for us, man? Well, it's been a busy news week for music, but it's even been a busy news day. Mm -hmm. Because here's a... I'm going to let everybody in on a little secret. It's not November 19th. It's November 16th. Um, Thank, thanks a lot, come Greg. Come on, Greg. But, come on, man. Greg, come on, Greg. But the Illusion, reason I say that is suspension of disbelief. Come on. But uh, I need to paint the I need to paint the setting here because we've just been informed about this news. Okay, so let, just pretend. This is everyone. to absolve, of, per- absolve us of getting the facts correct. <laughs> I like to call. <laughs> right. Pretend, everyone, if you can, that it's Monday evening, approximately right. ten oh eight p.m. Right. That's right. It actually wait. Eleven oh eight p.m. It's eleven. Uh, <laughs> yes, According exactly. to Burke Clock, and it's some like seven o'clock where Greg is. I yeah, 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 who yeah. freaking knows? It is. It is actually. You pretty much nailed it. Um, I'm good at numbers. Yes, I, that's yeah, that's true. Um, well, we're about to get into some serious numbers regarding oh. Taylor Swift. <gasps> and, 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 My girl. And, 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 yeah, hey. we, we talk. We talk hey. about. We the talk about Swifty. her so much. Yeah. yeah, we talk about her so much. I think we should actually have a bit about her called, uh, I don't know, maybe like Tay Tay Today or something like that. Tay Tay okay. Today, Junior. Damn, Greg. <laughs> yeah. You're fucking on the ball with the, I'm on the, with the bit I'm names. On it, I love it. All right. Oh, yeah. All right. I, or we could call it Great Gossip with Greg. I don't know. <laughs> something like that. I don't know. Something like that. Don't push your luck. I like Tay Tay Today. All right. All right. Tay Tay Today's better. All right. All right. Tay Tay Today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tay Tay Today. So on this episode of Tay Tay Today, uh, (laughs) we have, uh, well, we just got the news like six hours ago that her former manager, Scooter Braun, who had acquired her masters, just sold them to an unnamed investment fund. Yep. Or excuse me, it's as yet unknown. The deal is believed to be worth north of three hundred million dollars and closed in the last two weeks. Some insiders, is according to Variety, speculate the value could be as high as four hundred fifty million once certain earnbacks are factored in. Wow! Now you all now, heard this news first on you should check it out about a year ago. Yeah, we that's covered right. that's uh, true. Taylor Swift's reaction to her masters being bought by this guy Scooter Braun, her former manager for whom she had had a. a pretty public feud and breakup right right yeah yeah <laughs> former manager and man with the most unlikable name ever <laughs> yes for real Good call. yep yep but now as a result and as a retort tay tay fired back saying well i'm already working on re-recording all of my material my girl listen to that which is just crazy man that's what that's awesome. a work ethic I, so just I mean, to cl- just to clarify, so this guy Scooter Braun bought h- him and his holding group, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Private equity bought, firm. Yep. Bought the label that that Taylor Swift used to record for, and mm-hmm. with that bought basically all of her master uh, master recordings. First five. Uh, yep. Right. And so Taylor tried to fight that, was unsuccessful. Scooter got it, and then about a year after he got it, he immediately flipped it, just like a cheap right. real estate deal. Right? Mm-hmm. Is that yep. yeah, pretty about much. right, Greg? I believe so. I'm just reading these Variety articles, you know? <laughs> but uh, it's just amazing to me that, yeah, that this guy is get, getting away with that and that her reaction is to sit, go to the studio and just start over. Can you imagine being like, all right, 
just record them 15. all over again. You know, like one of her songs is called 15, right? It's like, all right, 15, take one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, we already recorded this and it already sold like, a, you know, however many. Like, <laughs> yeah. I know. I know to have the, I don't know. Yeah. I don't even know what that is, but to go back and re-record from, from that young in her straight. career, I can't stomach half the stuff we did when we were. Right. I don't know. Five years ago. So I'm interested. Yeah, I'm interested to see like how you know how she delivers it. You know, like mm-hmm. is it going to come off as angry? Like it's definitely a spiteful. It, it is. I mean? Yeah. It's, well, what's it's, interesting about this is from. that it's not without precedent. I mean, like in foreshadowing to to my segment, country what? artists have been doing this for years and years and years and years and years. And old early rock and roll acts used to do this too. Like mm-hmm. if you if you pull up Merle Haggard just as an example mm-hmm. on Spotify, you'll see, a, I don't know, a hundred different compilation albums of the greatest hits of Merle Haggard. And they all sound a little bit different because they're hmm. all re-recordings that he did throughout his career performing for different labels really? oh. at different times. But it's the same catalog. It's same catalog, yeah. So he mm-hmm. you know, re-recorded Mama Try probably 20 times in his career in the wow. studio. Yeah. So it's not without precedent. Um, mm-hmm. We point. talked about some other artists doing it too, but it, it, to have as high po- profile a modern artist doing that is is unusual. And in the sure. pop realm, yeah, where yeah, where like you you know the song, where the fans know the song so well yeah. that it really has to have a different, it has to have something different to it to make it not like a, an attempted copy. So Nick, <laughs> did she uh, or he, either one of you? So has she tried to? Did she try to buy back the music herself, or what? Yeah, what happened she, back then? She actually no, she actually did. She was they basically they reached out to her. Uh, this was this was Scooter Braun's company, and said, "We'll let you participate in this process if you sign this NDA saying that you will never say anything but positive things about Scooter Braun for the rest of your life." Um, Wait, what? And in a in a very Taylor <laughs> Swift way, she said. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. That's thanks. True. I'll re-record. <laughs> Wait. Part of the NDA was that the, she wasn't allowed to say anything negative about Scooter Braun ever she again. Was, that was exactly what it said. That she could only the only that she would only be allowed to publicly refer to Scooter Braun in po- as in positive <laughs> comments. Yep. So. What a. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Pretty much. <laughs> So That's way to go, Scooter Braun. <laughs> so in- instead of saying like, okay, I- I'll just not say bad things about this guy again. No, I will re-record my first five no. albums. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, I'm gonna That's post pretty... the part of the contract that you don't the contract you know, where you're trying to tell me that I'm not allowed to say anything negative about you. Right. <laughs> right. 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 Oh boy. Mm. Oh, scooter, scooter, scooter. I don't know. I like. Yeah. I'm conflicted because like. I'm not conflicted at all. I know exactly how I feel about this. Taylor Swift should be able to make money and generate revenue as much as she wants from her own music. That's the Mm -hmm. way I feel about it. But if I'm playing devil's advocate and being a little bit kind of capitalistic about the whole thing, God, I'm playing the conservative on this episode. This is weird. It's okay, man. It's It's been a weird year. It's okay. Yes, feed the dark side. You love it. (laughs) No, I mean, on the other hand... You know, Scooter Braun ostensibly bought these recordings and this label above board and paid money for it, so he should have the right to do whatever he wants with them, right? It was all legal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Legally, and he's allowed it was, to sell it. 
and he's allowed to sell it. So a lot yeah. of the kind of the arguments that I see from the Taylor Swift camp are kind of like don't they don't really hold water like in any kind of legal sense. They're just kind of like yeah. playing on your morals, mm-hmm. you know, right. which is okay because you know as an quote unquote artist, as a musician, as a guy who stands up for people who record songs, mm-hmm. I, I totally feel that. But there's really no legal merit to what she's saying at no. all. No, no, absolutely. <laughs> and and in the face of that defeat, she decides again. Again, it's the decision to re-record her entire catalog. I mean, that's the commendable thing about it yeah. is yeah. is uh, refusing to participate in you know basically a gag order. And then deciding to go ahead and re-record the stuff that she did as a ch- that she recorded as a kid, <laughs> right? And the other um, interesting thing is that she has such a grapple hold on her fans in a positive way, like yeah, yeah, the, the yeah. Swifty base. I mean, mm-hmm. she could basically tell them, "Hey, do not buy any of my old CDs. If you mm-hmm. want to hear my music, listen to these albums that are going to be coming out." Yeah, and I bet most of them will listen to it. You know, we'll we'll respond to that. She directive. basically said, like she said, I can't in good conscience, because the company that he had been negotiating with, which was uh, this company called Shamrock, they actually went behind before the deal had closed, even though they weren't supposed to, and reached out to her to see if they would if they could get her to participate in like a re-release of these masters that they were going to buy. Mm-hmm. As soon as she found out, though, that 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 Scooter Braun would continue to receive proceeds from those sales. She said she couldn't, in good conscience, tell her fans to go and right. pay money for those because then it's going to be putting money in his pocket, and that's right. And that's the other reason yeah. I think it's such a unique situation because a lot of other artists, they could go through the trouble of re-recording their entire catalog, and issuing it on their own, with no guarantee that their fans Most are going to listen to that. Crap. No, they won't give no. a crap, right. right? Of course, right. This yep. is a uh, yeah. It's it, in, in some ways it's kind of unprecedented, though. You have to admit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, to yeah. record record the entire catalog. Is yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Out, out of like a spiteful encounter with like one <laughs> person is pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. But anyway, listen. I you know by by Thursday, I mean it might be completely resolved or something. Maybe she'll be she'll have finished recording everything by then already. <laughs> I, yeah, she's working quick, I guess. <laughs> but uh, oh, but she is currently already working on it. Yeah, which is crazy. I do. I I have to respect that. So that's that's more or less all I have. I just I felt like I had to report that, you know. That's a good follow I, I, up. It, that's yeah, good follow up. Tay Tay today. Tay Tay today. Yeah, baby. Yeah. So you got some Taylor Swift to play for us this week? No. What are we listening no. to? We're gonna listen to uh, my homies. <laughs> Here lies man. <laughs> this is I told you you shall die. Oh.
is phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's good yeah. shit, man. Some happy yeah. lucky music for your Thursday. There you go. I mean, yeah. if you ignore the you lyrics, it's... You shall die. Yeah, but you could be singing it, like, if you were going to, like, you know, have a burger that night or something, you could be singing it to, like, the cow or something. I don't know. <laughs> the cows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Get I always adjusted. slaughter a fresh cow before I ate my burger. You shall die. Yes, yeah. sir. Yeah. What are we doing, Jay? Well, thank you, Greg. Uh, and thank you, Nick. Um, yeah. So we're going to go from some Taylor Swift dramas to some Nashville drama. <gasps> yeah, baby. So I, I assume both of you caught the CMAs, the Country Music Awards, last weekend. Wouldn't have watched it. <laughs> for no, the I world. didn't see it. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was the time for Bird Clock to, to ring in. By the way. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Sorry. Well, no, yeah. neither neither did I. I haven't watched the CMAs probably ever. <laughs> um, but I do keep my eye out for them because they have seemed <laughs> to have created a lot of drama over the last few years. Mm -hmm. um, a couple years ago, Sturgill Simpson, in protest of what he called kind of the, well, I don't want to quote him, but. <laughs> yeah, he's got a lovely quote about it. <laughs> he's got an awesome quote about this year's CMAs, but a couple years ago, he staged a protest outside the CMAs. He like held right. like a little, ba he was basically busking out in the parking lot of the CMAs while the okay. thing was going on to protest what he thought was them snubbing a lot of kind of the outlaw country artists of today. So, the, you know, the CMAs, the Country Music Awards, uh, have traditionally been for the pop side of country music. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's the, it's the part of country music that, that gets the most exposure, exposure the, the, the Carrie Underwoods, the Keith Urbans, the Darius Ruckers, people like that. So they've been no stranger to drama. And so they kind of invited it upon themselves this year in advertising the 2020 CMAs as the quote-unquote, no drama awards. Oh, that's a good way to reduce drama. <laughs> yeah, oh, and uh, that kind of definitely back backfired on them. So this past weekend, you know, they went on uh, with a, s a limited audience, but people were in, in attendance. Now, a lot of the performers were not uh, actually able to attend because uh, some of their members of some of the bands had tested positive for, for COVID. And so yeah. they weren't able to attend. A lot of the audience was not able to be there. Uh, there was some flack that they caught over the amount of people that were in the auditorium, yada, yada, yada. But the, the biggest drama, at least from my perspective, is that uh, they went through this entire three and a half, four hour award ceremony without mentioning three of the biggest country music icons that passed away in the past year. Mm -hmm. And those three people are Jerry Jeff Walker, Billy Joe Shaver, and one Mr. John Prine. Ah. Now, I know you guys aren't huge country music fans, but those are big names um, in country yeah. music. But they're also I kind know of, two out of three. What's that? I know two out of three. Two out of three. Okay, I'll take it. Definitely more on the less commercial side of mm -hmm. country music. And so, <laughs> in what was, as described by you two, as the most Jay Rossman news article to hit... <laughs> Yeah. New stands in quite some time. It was tail yeah, it was uh tailor made for you, Jay. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> the headline I believe was let me read it here. Uh Pitchfork says Jason Isbell and his wife Amanda Shires exit Country Music Association after the twenty twenty CMAs did not 
honor John Prine. Yes, that's right. Jason Isbell, my boy, and his wife Amanda Shires returned their membership cards to the Country so Music Association. They quit country. They're done with country. <laughs> they quit country. That's right. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> done. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know. I mean, it's, it's all folk. All it, folk from here on out. That's that's right. It's all death metal. It's it's interesting. <laughs> you know, it's 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 all publicity. It's a publicity stunt. But they had a nice um, quote about it. Jason Isbell tweeted, due to country music's failure to mention John Prine, Jerry Jeff Walker, and Billy J. Shaver at the CMAs last night, Amanda Shires and I have decided to return our membership cards. We doubt that anybody will care, but we cared a lot about our heroes. So, to people like me, that I mean that 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 means a, that means a good bit. Can I ask a question? Was sure. was this was do you do you know if they had voiced like could you please mention these people or was it like after seeing it they were so ticked off that these people weren't mentioned that they just said enough and we So the- I don't believe that that Isabel and Shires said anything about it beforehand but uh Oh Boy Records which is you know that was John Prine's record label that he started mm-hmm. in the 80s now run by his wife they had said something in advance of the show saying, you know, Got it's it. a shame that you're not going to be talking about John Prine. And they hoped that by saying that, that it would shed, shed light on it and things and would be did. corrected. Yeah. But uh, they didn't They didn't change course. So, you know, uh, a, lo- a lot of kind of the outsider country music types had plenty to say about this, including Nick, as you said, Sturgill Simpson, oh. another one of oh. my favorites, had he now he didn't uh, return his Country Music Association uh, card. Actually, I don't even know if he's in or not, but he had the quote of the week. Uh, Sturgill Simpson said, oh, good. now okay, don't get yeah. me wrong, I wouldn't be caught dead at that tacky-ass glitter and Botox and pony show. Cake and even, <laughs> even if my chair had a morphine drip. Uh-huh. But I just wanted to see if they would say at least say his name, but nope. So... Yep. I don't know. It's okay. a shame. It's weird. It's weird to me because it kind of seems like now, obviously, we weren't around in the 60s, but it, it seems to have echoes of like the old Nashville, kind of the, the arguments that people like, again, Merle Haggard, Waylon Jennings, Willie Nelson had about Nashville at the time because it was seen as this very, you know, promoting very poppy, commercially successful, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the Nashville sound. And if you weren't in that in group, you weren't getting promoted at all. Mm-hmm. So it kind of has echoes of that to me. I don't know. Greg, you you spent a little bit of time in Nashville. I mean, it, what, do you, what do you think about all this? I've, I have. Uh, it's interesting. Like, there's a friend of mine who is someone I've seen perform a lot because we uh, toured together. And he was doing so- a solo. I was part of a band, and he was a solo act. And he would get up there and play with his acoustic and you were just like, wow, this guy is so good. This guy mm-hmm. is so talented, man. And uh, I heard his record after, like, you know, hearing him only perform acoustic for, like, two weeks. Mm-hmm. And I was hearing the same songs, and they had just been... I mean, I feel bad saying this because I don't want to think... I, like, I still love his stuff, and I mm-hmm. respect his choices. Sure. You know, I'm not, I'm keeping his name out of it. But I, to me, it's like, it was repellent. Like, I was like, I don't want to listen to this. But it's like, the same what, what song. They, what they did to it, like, the yes, amount of yes, polish yes. and, like... Really yeah, polished yeah, yeah. and commercial. It just went... It, you could just tell they took his songs and they put it through the Nashville machine. Mm-hmm. And, then it came, and then it came out in a 
you know just glittery and and void of any just value. no yeah, yeah just meaning. just yeah. not nearly it's not like i mean it's it's still his voice and his songs and his and his emotion it's his performance is great but like mm-hmm. everything around it yeah yeah it's and too much. It, you know believe me like there's a lot of nashville uh production or you know whatever you want to call it that i love i love like lap steel guitar mm-hmm. you know that's just to me something that like and like fiddle you know if it's done right like sort of those mm-hmm. old color those homey mm-hmm. uh, country colors mm-hmm. you know i i love that stuff but man it's just it just it sounded like the stuff that's blaring out of the, you know the the guy's pickup truck or, yeah. you know not to get yeah. too yeah it just didn't it was just overdone yeah and that's to me like the the best way that i can just define is like i like the song i appreciate the songs when they're more stripped down yeah but now it's like they're trying to make country for arenas yeah and they do well it's you just, know but it's just so weird now because like to, to me as an outsider and who has you know passing interest in country music like, it seems to me like country music like outlaw country music or stuff that's outside of the commercial country mainstream is kind of having like a heyday right mm. you have guys like not only jason isbell amanda shires and but you have guys like Chris Stapleton, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Sturgill, you know, Sturgill, yeah. of course. I mean, there, there's there's a ton of them, and they're doing work in Nashville with great Nashville guys, yeah. but outside of the mainstream. So it seems yeah. to me like there there's a huge untapped market there. That if if Nashville proper just got their heads out of their asses and realized like the goldmine that they had there and promoted yeah. them properly, I, yeah, like, I don't just, know why they. There's so much room there yeah to exactly. include you know they need to they need to figure out a way to include the people who aren't you know doing the over the basically the country pop right so like yeah. one of the th- one of the criticisms that that came up that artists had were that uh, the lack of well not only the lack of racial diversity i mean but they tend the cmas sin, tend to focus on like the old guard artists now we're not talking about like the old guard from the 60s artists we're talking like the old guard from like the 90s like the shania twains and the garth brooks yeah. and like people like that oh, yeah. Yeah. and this is this is a fact that i i had no idea because i don't follow it but it blew my mind now garth brooks has won cma's entertainer of the year category for the past three out of the last four years, and he hasn't released a new album since 2016. You're kidding me, dude! Wow! No wonder, no wonder nobody watches that. Right. So that's that's <laughs> all the. And the fourth year is Chris Gaines. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. I thought that dude was dead. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. it's it's hard for me to to watch because there's just so much good stuff going on in the world of country music and country ish music. And it really not- does have. I mean, it, it has audiences on. I mean, the whole like no drama. Obviously, that's kind of like a we're not going to talk about politics. Right. 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 right yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. but they really do have. They've got fans on both sides of the. I mean, you you know, there's a lot of a lot of countries. Like NPR. NPR's always got you know mm-hmm. Terry Gross, a big uh, uh, country fan and i mean there is an opportunity there like there's an opportunity there for them to kind of cut through the the bs and 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 maybe try to connect some some voices i don't know that yeah. that yeah. that was a that was a pipe dream and a half-baked <laughs> comment so. no absolutely yeah t- and to that point nick casey musgraves is a very okay. popular 
artist, a new artist, mm-hmm. you know, who does country type stuff, who appeals to people on both sides of the pol- political spectrum. And there's a bunch of people out there like that, and I just yeah. think that like if they just again took their celebrate heads out that. of their ass and celebrated well, it and and pushed people who are outside of that stupid mainstream country that everyone's used to, mm-hmm. more people could get on board yeah. with it. Yeah, they they definitely do have um, a lot of untapped potential there you know to expand what country music can be yeah mm-hmm. you know and now is the moment i think to, to do that because you have sort of this line in the sand and but yeah it's all these like but you are kind of seeing it happen though because like i mean you're actually seeing a lot of like country rap overlap um that's which true. in all yeah, honesty but that, like again that's that's part of that mainstream thing it's the pop thing that, right that has yeah. become the new thing that they they push and that's, that's annoying okay. that's, to the to the I, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's. I guess it's different. It's different. I'll give him credit for that. You know, it's a little bit different than what we've been hearing. I don't love but, the output, but I love the idea behind it. <laughs> but the thing with Nashville is like they take an idea and they just run it into the ground. You know, they yes. just do yeah. that thing, and it's just yeah, it's the same people. Plug playing it into the machine, the make albums. money. Plug it into the machine, make money. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway, it is what it is. That yeah. was my that was my rant for the week. Uh, and, and just funnily on the same topic, this got this just got released this week. And this is this kind of also flies in the face of this entire rant. Barry Gibb from uh-huh. the Brothers Gibb, the Bee Gees. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Brothers Gibb. He just announced that he released an, he's going to be releasing a new album in 2021 uh, in January. It's called Green Fields, and it's kind of a re-recording of the Bee Gees songbook. Which okay, whatever. That's not all that interesting to me. It kind of has, a, yeah. It's got like a Jack Handy background look to it. You know what I'm talking about? The old SNL deep <laughs> so thoughts nice. by Jack Handy. <laughs> His Spotify kept pushing it to me so hard because he just dropped a single, mm-hmm. and I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't like Barry Gibb. Like, why, why <laughs> Spotify? What why? are you doing? I don't want why? to hear. It's this all your music. favorite hits without the falsetto. <laughs> <laughs> but then I found out that he recorded one song he recorded all these songs in Nashville with one of my favorite producers Dave Cobb who is doing some of the best work in Nashville that's outside of the mainstream and Hmm. the single that they just dropped is called Words of a Fool and that's in collaboration with my boy Jason Isbell so that's my track for the week when to play it's absolutely beautiful I don't know this song from the Bee Gees catalog so you know I assume it's a disco hit or something I don't know (laughs) But it sounds it sounds beautiful as a, as a country ballad. So, okay, here it is. Words of a fool. Roll it. I gaze in your eyes now. You're not inside. Just a picture of someone. Lie with each night Long may love live here You fill up my home Though you're not with me now I won't be alone Yeah. 
I'm so I'm so pissed I couldn't play that entire song because the the verse by Barry Gibb that first verse was Jason but that second verse it comes in so starkly. But my God, what a voice, man! He can he can just take that and just shape it and sculpt it so beautiful. Great stuff. It's very good. Beautiful. Yes, sir. I was listening to the snare drum. I swear they changed. They changed the EQ on that snare drum almost every hit, and wow. they changed the volume of that snare drum almost every hit. It is- or, or they don't do anything in the play. It's all in the player. Ooh, what do you think? Maybe. Uh, yeah, you're probably right. I think they hired a little guy just in there, just moving it around. The yeah, just, uh, I don't know. It, it was, it was. Yeah, you're, yeah. It, it could be that, but I don't know. They seem like they'd want more control than than. than no, 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 no. <laughs> It's like the opposite of, of metal, where you just want it to be the same every time. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's sat yeah. in different places. It's just, yeah. No, that's cool, man. No, I, I, I was not right listening. Though. I was not listening to the snare. <laughs> so, you know, I was, uh, what was I doing? I don't know. I've forgotten. Sorry, you were, you were listening ago. to the, You were just feeling the song. I was, thinking, I was, sail- I was feeling the song. You were I was sailing away. Oregon. Sailing yeah. away inside this, your mind. I was moved by the spirit. Beautiful. The, Beautiful. The, the spirit moved me. Uh, man. All right, Nick. Yes. Uh, move guys, our spirits, please. Guys, I think coronavirus might have killed vinyl. Huh? Says, huh? says there's another pitchfork. <laughs> we are we are on pitchfork this week. Uh, now there was an article that came out, and honestly, it was more of a I have I have nothing but disagreements to offer about this article. <laughs> okay. But it was is basically it was saying you know. How, it, it was presented as the, the headline is how the coronavirus is affecting America's vinyl record industry. But when they were promoting this, like elsewhere, they were using the subtitle, which is processing plants and a drop in demand are putting the format's long running comeback in jeopardy. Won't somebody it's basically, think about the vinyl? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, the, oh, the vinyl. vinyl. Oh. Um, so, yeah, actually, I think it was February of last year we, we covered... Uh, the plant that had burned down in California. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that was a big deal. It was. It was right it as this was hitting. And apparently vinyl sales have have risen the past 14 years and it looks like this year they're not. Mm. Um, partly because of de- demand, but also because almost all of these these vinyl pressing plants had to shut down for, you know, at least a month. Yeah. So so it's it's kind of a it's it's a it's a story that covering a uh, an aspect of the of the industry but it really got me thinking like this is this is not why vinyl came back <laughs> like it has nothing to do with the production capacity in the country and the fact that like they had some shutdowns if anything is probably just going to make the prices go up and yeah. demand increase like yeah to me this just it rang wrong yeah it was just it doesn't there was no never a point where it was like, oh, if only they got production up, then I would buy vinyl again. So it wait, was are actually. You, are, you, are you saying that Pitchfork might have gotten this article wrong? Hmm. I, I I do think, in reviewing the news, the Pitchfork news in this case, 
yeah, I would I would grade this like a one. Hey, one right. out of ten, something like that. Um, what? No, I'm I'm totally with you. Um, it, it did ring strange to me too. After you know, hearing from the musical in- instrument suppliers, we talked to Keith Grasso yeah. and how mm-hmm. everyone's having just a banner year in terms of yeah. anything that's being sold that you can enjoy in your home mm-hmm. is just having a record year. Yeah, this year yes. to hear that to hear that that's, vinyl. That's a good way to look at it. Is not. Yeah came as an absolute shock to me and the the rationale behind it is because they had to shut down for a couple of months it just doesn't make any sense no that, it doesn't either no. not to me either is what i meant to say <laughs> yeah and and i actually found i found i was looking to see like when did they consider what what i guess is called the vinyl revival <laughs> as a thing and what's interesting is that they they considered 2007 when sony made a decision to also start pressing <laughs> their 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 masters to vinyl oh i see as when the vinyl revival began okay which thank I, goodness it, it really it <laughs> what's adorable is i i am i am never i never consider myself a hipster in any regard but i feel so hipster about this you're such and a I'm hipster not, nick you have no I'm only idea on the you're per- such a hipster. i'm only on the periphery i don't collect vinyl but i know you guys i, I mean you guys do and and i know you guys were doing it a heck of a lot earlier than 2007 um, yeah. True. So th- that's this just because it was just... the cheap. It was just because it's the cheapest way that I could actually get music. Because <laughs> uh-huh. I could go mm-hmm. down to record and tape traders. <laughs> the record and, yeah, and tape yeah. traders and for like for twenty a, bucks, a get a stack of records like two feet tall. Sure. <laughs> that was sure. back in the day, man. Once they shut down Napster, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, for Greg, I, I don't know. For me, it was never about being cool. It was it was about having a piece of history. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, of course. And it was cheap, and nobody else really. Well, seem to give okay a okay that, so. so that's it's like okay, the, that's, i just love the sound yeah that sounds. was a big part of it too and has it maintained that in your opinion like like the new vinyl pressings i honestly stick i don't usually get new vinyl pressings but sometimes i get them as a gift mm-hmm. you know someone will say mm-hmm. hey you know like like the new thundercat album came out you know yeah, and like yeah. happy birthday and then i'll listen and i'm like this sounds awesome yeah <laughs> but like nowadays i'm just i'm more into like older copies you know like more like the history pieces like Mm -hmm. jay said yeah i don't know for me i think it's only gotten better frankly i haven't bought a new album in any format other than vinyl in probably a couple years frankly Mm -hmm. i may i i take that back i might have gotten a box set or two that had cds Mm -hmm. but like this jason isbell album back here reunions i only bought that on vinyl it came with the digital like why? Why am I gonna buy a digital copy of something? I can stream stream it on Spotify. You can stream it, and also it's it's like uh, it's the tangible, right? It's the tangible uh, of version course. of the no, album absolutely, that, absolutely. that lets you sit and look and read and go through the liner notes and yeah, um, which we've talked about in like the albums episode and and um, the audio quality is great. I mean, it's not the not the most convenient format. I'm not gonna sit here and lie to you that it's like you you can't take them anywhere. You know, you gotta take care of them. You gotta put a little right. a, a little bit of effort into your setup. But man, it pays off. And yeah, I don't know if I spend money on music that isn't going straight into Spotify's hands. Um, it's it's buying vinyl. Yeah. Well, so in in reading this article, um, the the challenge that Sony had was that. There were there were only a handful of engineers still around mm. from when it had been shuttered in 1988, when the yeah. vinyl pressings basically by all the labels were were stopped because they were just doing cassettes and and also anticipating CDs. But it, it apparently there's been a revival of, of of people that that have kind of learned that craft. Mm. Um, 
So as long as you've got that, as long as you have the people or even, you know, even call them artisans if they're sparse enough, um, that can, that can pull that off. Um, but it's not, from what I've read, they have put a lot of time and energy and, and science into making the quality even better than it was, you know, in, in, in the, in like the seventies and eighties. It sounds like Um, it to me, just from a, from a listen, you know, purely subjective standpoint. I mean, the quality is fantastic. You buy a, that's the funny thing about when you bought stacks of vinyl, like I said, back, you know, for 50 cents each at record tape traders, you know, half of them would be from the 80s, which mm-hmm. were just like, that's when they were skimping on vinyl, like, so bad. I mean, you could, like, yeah. you could stare at one of those records and it might break. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you look at it the wrong way and it's going to get a scratch on it. You know, but now, like, since they know the the market that they're serving, which is people that care about this stuff... Is the quality. Any yeah. new pressing is going to be on 180 gram vinyl, done by a quality engineering, done by a quality mastering staff in a nice package. It's just the way mm-hmm. it is, and it's great. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't think I don't think it's going anywhere. I don't think so either. I, I really yeah. don't. I really I don't. I, I never would have thought that. Ten. No, I know. Ten years yeah. ago, but it's pretty cool. It is it's pretty cool. Yeah. Very. Well, good. And uh, this um, seems like a perfect time to announce, you know, all of our back episodes are going to be available on vinyl here next yeah. year. In the pro- now they're they're currently stuck a lot at the of vinyl. factory. <laughs> they're stuck at the factory, but um, each each episode is going to be every on episode's a-, a double album. Yeah, <laughs> a double album. <laughs> do you guys Stupidest remember when, idea ever? Do you guys remember yeah, when yeah, Pearl yeah. Jam did that? Uh, this was on CDs. They released uh-huh. every single show from like their tour oh, in like '98 yes. uh, or something like that. I got oh. one, but it was ridiculous. Yeah. You'd go into like, again, record and tape the wall. You, you, you go to the Pearl Jam section and it's like four feet long and it's just like a <laughs> meal the different CDs. From I that just tour. need another copy of 10. Yeah. Good yeah. Lord. Yeah. I got to go through all this. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you sent me to pitchfork to read this article, you know, and I pulled it up and I should have mentioned not to throw in another Another Here we go. Topic. Here we go. No, 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 no. But no, no, no. <laughs> Go ahead. But, com- but we're coming back. We've we've been doing some updates, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't think this would warrant waiting a week, but this could kind of co- come out. Remember how we talked about that concert experiment in Germany? Yes. Yeah. yeah. The results are in. Did you know that? I didn't see it. I saw it no. hit the New York Times, which to me meant it was yeah, it had gotten new legs. Yeah. As the New York Times notes, the researchers found that the risk of spreading coronavirus at indoor concerts is low to very low as long as concert goers follow hygiene protocols and the venue had good has good ventilation and limits capacity yeah, that's wow. it ventilation ventilation keep keep the air i mean these are germans we're talking about they follow the rules they do yeah. the right thing <laughs> right <laughs> you're talking right. about and, shows and, i don't know and i'm pretty sure know. nobody I mean, at on, this but, test but, concert was drunk right <laughs> well um that's true I don't mean but, to, uh, to poo-poo anything because I want to go see a live concert as much as anybody. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I can't wait. But I, that seems like the worst place to transmit this stuff now. Well, <sighs> but they just did this experiment and came up with yeah. low to very mm-hmm. low. You know, under and, the right uh, conditions, if if it's followed, if people act responsibly, and yeah, it's a social pact. Hey, the question is, is do you want to make that pact with the people that you might be going into this arena with? Yeah, sure. yeah so it's a decision you got to make. <laughs> they said the period of greatest close contact was during breaks in the show and when concert goers first arrived at the venue. Because the chit-chatting, yeah. yeah. You know. 
Yep. <laughs> um, and also probably like as they as you sort of wander through the halls and kind of <laughs> find your situation. And during yeah. all the slow songs, you know. We're yeah. Just, <laughs> close dancing. And Swaying necking. and dancing. Yes, yep. exactly. <laughs> Just strangers. That's that's a concert. Yeah. But you know, no, I, I was surprised. I thought I didn't expect that. Yeah, I honestly yeah. didn't know what you were going to say there. Yeah. So that's but, cool. Uh, All right. Anyway, yeah. And on the flip uh, side, Ticketmaster looks like they're going to start testing people. <laughs> right. That was the other one right next really? to Really? All right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're talking about. Uh, oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. They're going to they're check the, 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 coronavirus need... vaccine status before <laughs> concerts. Like, have you taken the vaccine? And if you haven't. <laughs> Like you, you need to present a test that was taken like within twenty four or forty eight hours before right. or something like well, that. Well, that se- that literally seems like the least they could do. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> it, That's it, a you know, pretty big deal for them to say like you need to get a vaccine because there's going to be a ton of people that yeah. do not trust the vaccine. Yeah. Um, but but here's the way I I'm going to get this like, jam as soon as it comes out. I'll tell you that right <laughs> now. <laughs> you get you know you get the vaccine and then you're you know. It, you're vaccinated. If you don't get the vaccine and you go to the concert and you get it, it's not the venue's fault anymore. Like they, they can yeah, really absolve true. themselves. And that's the biggest thing that they have to overcome. Liability. Once once, yeah. once these venues can not worry about anybody suing them. Yeah. Yep. You're right. You're right. Nobody's worried about getting sick. They're yeah. just worried about getting sued. <laughs> yeah. It's up, America. <laughs> no, but seriously, and it's like and it's just screwing over so many people. And yeah. it's just, you know, yep. I mean I I'm I know I know that whatever. I'm not, not even. Not even. You I are totally allowed as a performing artist who makes a living doing this to get on the soapbox and rant about this stuff, dude. Say well, what you got to say. You know when, but obviously I don't want to be insensitive to anybody who's been affected by it on a deep on a deeper level. Oh, I didn't think you were going to do that. Well, somebody has to be the liberal here. <laughs> Go for <laughs> it. <laughs> it's all a big f-ing con, man. It's all a big joke. It's just Jay. I'm getting real of sick AOC, of that. Yeah. Yeah, bring br- bring me some evidence, Jay. I need some evidence. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need no evidence. Biden and his food. All right, all right. Oh, and counted ballots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're hey. we're not out of this. <laughs> anyway, yes. Hey, 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 hey. From the hipster hey. hipster corner, Nick. What, what you do you got for us? Do you have a music pick for us this week? I forgot to play a first part. Dude, I love this record. I actually was trying to figure out a way to make this whole segment. I, I love <laughs> this guy. This is, um, actually, I've, I've told you about him. This is Phil Elverum, um, who's done a bunch of music under the, the name Mount Erie. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Right. yeah. So, um, so he had a band back in the early 2000s. Was he the, the guy that you, s- you sent me that As- song and I just bowled? Yes. Like, I... Yes. I know I knew his voice somehow. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. But who? So who was it? Had, what is this? So he uh, had a band back in the early 2000s called the Microphones. Okay. Um, definitely a fan on the in like the hipster circuit. I had never they had never hit my radar, but uh, he was in his I think late 20s and got married and started to settle down. Had a kid and then his wife got sick and like died quickly. That's right. Okay. Um, and he was kind of left with his newborn. And he just started recording. He put out like yeah, you two albums that, in you year. You sent me that song right, right after my son was born. Right. Because yeah. <laughs> it's a song. It's a song he's singing to his daughter right. about like I'm gonna do the best that I can. I don't yeah. know what to do. I'm Go so confused and scared. Now. Yeah, it's it. No, I mean the guy is an incredibly poignant writer, and that to me was the thing that connected. Um, so he basically <laughs> he put an album out this past year. 
it's in like the ultimate hipster fashion not available on any streaming services i don't know why (laughs) um but you can buy it on his band camp uh or apparently he put it up on youtube as well so i I did buy this only available on three quarter inch reel to reel right (laughs) right exactly yeah yeah and you have to buy a task game and play it at half speed to hear it right right. and i'm only making five copies (laughs) and it's mono (laughs) right (laughs) um so it's an album that he he recorded uh, i guess earlier in the year and it's just he just he just writes and then it's very bland it's very monotonous sounding and i freaking love it i absolutely love this guy the album is called microphones in 2020 um i actually had two clips that i had picked and both are going to be kind of downers but i don't actually i think the second one maybe would fit better if we're going to use it to close out the show um because it kind of ends on some nice like accordions and stuff and it's kind of it's pretty cool mix yeah but i i, I don't know i i want to i want to learn more about this guy and because aside from the fact that like I, the, the hipster aspect does not appeal to me but it what he's talking about how like his voice yeah and honestly like his just like the the meditative component of yeah. his like strumming i i love it i love yeah. it it's 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 fantastic music i love i love having it on like while i'm doing something autumn related like <laughs> <laughs> so. mowing the lawn yeah, yeah, I only got a chance to hear it uh, when I was recording the clip for this, but um, like he's, I mean, it's very sparse. Um, yeah. And I was kind of like, what is what is driving his interest in this? Until he started singing, and then I heard some of the lyrics, and was like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, I get yeah. it. I mean, it's it's. I think it's eight minutes before he starts singing. This 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 <laughs> album is a song that's forty five minutes long. Nice. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah, it's it's. It's good. I really like it. It's, cool. it's good music. Good in the background. So, all righty, that's what I well, got. Thank you, sir. Well, before we play that, yeah. uh, Greg, tell the folks how they can get in touch with us before our big Thanksgiving show coming up. Wow! Yeah, you should check it out. Dot com. Find mm-hmm. us on Facebook. You should check it out. Instagram on Twitter. We're at should check. And you can always send us an email at yscio podcast at gmail dot com. Oh. Beautifully done. Thank, Thank you, you, Bird Clock. Clock. Oh, Thanks, Bird came back Clock. in at the end. Yeah, baby. So sweet. Yeah, it's baby. not midnight. What's wrong with you, Bird Clock? <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. Greg, thank you so much. Thank you so much to Taylor Swift. Thank you so much, yeah. Nick. Thank you so much yeah. for the microphones. Thank you, Bird Clocks. Uh, thank Jason you. Isbell, sorry about you leaving country music, but... I think, he, I think for the best. he's doing okay. Yeah. <laughs> for the best. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll cool. see you next week. Stay safe. Stay sane. Do it. Yep. All right, this is Microphones in 2020. Mm -hmm. Anti-Bogue.